This is fresh respect. It was upon his death in 1997 that the then president, William Jefferson Clinton, commented about this man's life. Bill. He said, we have lost a national treasure, a gentleman, and a patriot. Mm. He lived until the ripe old age of 89, passing his, uh, outliving his wife just by a few years, a great okay. woman as well. And he was laid to final rest at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. Mm. At his service, his memorial service, a staggering 3,000-plus people showed up to honor his life. And uh, the memorial service included full military honors and a 21-gun salute. That's ballin'. I know. It's awesome. I mean, he deserved it. Sure. He'd served in the in the Air Force for okay. 27 years. Yeah. He um, had led squadrons that flew over 20 missions. Like, these missions you didn't know if you were coming back from, mm. these bombing missions. Yeah. You, you could die. People died all the time doing them. 20 missions in World War II. Dang. Later even served in Vietnam, where subsequently his son died during Vietnam in battle. While they, he was oh, serving. Yikes. Um, he was rough. awarded the Flying Cross Award, mm. which is also called the Oak Leaf Cluster. Yes. Which that, sounds like a breakfast cereal. Or the name of my next album. <laughs> That's a good album name. <laughs> uh, I like Flying Cross better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That sounds like a name of a church youth group. <laughs> the Flying Cross. I don't know. He was a true patriot. And, and uh, honestly, he came from a lineage of patriots. Okay. I mean, like the first patriots ever. His family fought in the American Revolution. Wow. And then later on fought in other wars like the Spanish-American War. His, his father um, fought in the Spanish-American War. He had, he had relatives who fought in the Civil War. For which side? The good guys. Oh, good. Yeah. The, the good guys. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, then they served in World War One. Yeah. So it was no surprise that show enough. Show enough. And and it wasn't like it was a weird age for him because he was like thirty, I think. Oh, really? Just around thirty. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like no popping out of high school. He's no, just around thirty is when World War Two started. Okay. It was it was no doubt in his mind. That he was going to enlist. That he was going to enlist and serve his country. Mm. In fact, um, I don't know if it was later in life, but he gave a quote talking about it. And I think he must have been reacting to some people saying about saying things about what he did and why he did it. Okay. He said, it may sound corny, but what's wrong with wanting to fight for your country? Why are people reluctant to use the word patriotism? Hmm. So... He goes to serve. This is one of my favorite stories ever. Okay. <laughs> he goes to enlist. Have you heard this before? No, I don't even know who we're talking about. Well, I'd still love the story, and maybe you've heard it. I don't know. Okay. He goes to enlist in the Air Force because he loved planes ever since he was a little kid. Yeah. He'd even gone to pilot school. As a kid? Just to enlist. 
What? What do you mean? Like he went and trained before enlisting so that he knew what he was doing. So when the time came... It, well, in in fact, I don't want to ruin the story, but we already know he was in the Air Force. and Right. Um, he started out training people. In the Air Force? In the Air Force. Oh, wow. Because he had already like Dude, learned so much yeah, and trained so for much. For sure. No one told him to. He just did it. <laughs> he was like the kid that you... You felt the call for the Air Force, and you went in, and he came in alongside you, and you're like, "Hey, bud!" And then he starts training you, and you're like, "Yeah, why are you training me? You don't even. You've been here two weeks." Yeah, man. Anyway, so this guy goes on to earn um, all of his these awards and stuff, but he almost didn't. What do you mean? So he goes to enlist one day. Okay. He's like six four, which is a tall man. Yeah. And a hundred and fifty pounds. (laughs) <laughs> soaking wet he's he's an arrow he's, he's a scrawny little man just a little arrow and uh so he goes in and they say no you don't weigh enough and he 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 left yeah i'm sure he was dejected yeah i'm sure he was frustrated but he didn't give up no he didn't he did not give up he'd been training for this so what does he do well, he literally goes and hits the gym, starts lifting weights like crazy, and eats. And I've heard conflicting stories on this. Okay. So you tell me which one you'd prefer. Okay. He eats tuna sandwiches for like two weeks. Tuna's healthy for you. He should have been eating like lard buckets or something. Yeah, like putting on the pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Or I heard also that he just crammed uh, pancakes for two weeks. <laughs> that would that would probably be the one I favor because it's close to waffles. Yeah. So the dude goes back. And it is not customary that you get to be reweighed. Once they tell you you can't right. serve, you're done. Yeah, you're done. But he doesn't care. He does it anyway. And they conv- he convinces them. I can just see him pleading. He's like, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. You have to let me. And so finally... <laughs> They're like, all right, man. Like, who's this 30-year-old dude? <laughs> not a lot to live for. Finally, the they way. let him, and he just, like, within, like, one or two ounces passes. Oh, man. And he's like, yes. And he goes on to become one of the fastest people to reach. Um, the like, rank? I think it was Colonel. Oh, really? Like in four years ever in the history of the Air Force. Yes. The fastest to reach it. The dude did it. He did it. He was competent. He was smart. He knew what he was doing. He was amazing. Well, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I hope that- I would be that determined as something. <laughs> I hope I would, too. I mean, I could eat pancakes for two weeks. That's no problem. But I don't know that it would have the same result. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm going to talk about this guy because I think he lived a life worth imitating. Okay. And he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah, I mean, already. Here's the crazy thing about it. What? You know him. I think you know would know who he is. I know him? I would assume you know him, know of him. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know too many... Air Force Brigadier Generals, Brigadier General badasses that have yeah, taken you know what, on so do you all know what wars. a Brigadier General is? Uh, I'm assuming it's pretty high. Yeah, there's some ranks that you have to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is so. Like, first, there's like, do you want me to go through them? There's the um, Airman Basic, then the Airman, the Airman First Class, Senior Airman, Staff Sergeant, Technical Sergeant, Master Sergeant, Senior Master Sergeant. Chief Master Sergeant, Command Chief Master Sergeant. That's, I'd hit that and I'd be like, I'm good. I'm, I made it. <laughs> Command Chief Master Sergeant sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> that would be my name of a band. Um, yeah. 
and then there's the chief master sergeant of the Air Force. Then there's a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain, major, lieutenant, colonel, colonel. Oh, man. Then brigadier general. Oh, okay. The only things above it are major general, lieutenant general, general, four-star general, and then the general of the Air Force, which is a five-star general. So he way past the halfway point. He, like, killed it. Nice. Well, he was a him. general officer in the Air Force. So who are we talking about? Um... I'm going to tell you after. I after, knew it. But you're going to be so surprised. I think you're going to be in awe of this dude. Awe? Hopefully you are. I, I mean, I'm already in awe. Well, I hope you are. It didn't take are. that much. I hope you are. Yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get down to some business. Well, the first thing is that this is fresh respect. It is. And I'm Chris Alverson. And I'm Steve Weatherford. And this is the quickest, shortest, fastest podcast you'll listen to all day long. All that's, day. That's 30 minutes. I mean, it's the fastest 30-minute podcast. Yeah. It's the best podcast you will listen to, hands down. Just or hands the, up. Just oh. If you want to <laughs> listen hands to them up. with your hands up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And uh, what else? It's season two? Season two, the best season ever. We're since, rolling right since along. Since season one, it's the best season since season one. And uh, there's this little thing that we like to do. Yeah, it's called... Boom, 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 Fresh Pop. Let me say one thing. First. Okay, you can say two things first if you really want to. Okay. I'm feeling generous tonight. There's a brand called Amor Pacific. Amor? Amore. Like a, like a love in Italian. Yes, oh, see. Yeah. Um, and they create a natural hair brand that embodies a minus recipe that reduces chemical components to protect the scalp from environmental issues. If someone said that to me, I'd punch him <laughs> in the face, I think. <laughs> and they call it Fresh Pop. Do they really? They legitimately do. You could have it in your shower. Fresh pop could be in your shower. I you can you know what you could do also? What? Is you could like have like a an old soda that's like flat. <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, I don't like this. Somebody give me a fresh pop. Oh. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's legit. Hey, but on the real, I don't know if we've done this in season one. I couldn't think back like hard enough to know. Well, you're gonna say it, and if we have, you then, failed, and if not, then you're brilliant. Okay, well, this is a big critical the, moment. <laughs> either you're on the show or you're off the show. Yeah, but um, dude, like, what is that? That okay? So first of all, fresh pop. It's going back, digging something up from a very relevant time. It's like pop culture from a different era. Yeah, yeah. Because if so, it was pop culture from now, it wouldn't need fresh respect. That's right. So uh, what what video game, bro? Video games were introduced to you at what age, first of all? So um, we started out as a family. Yeah. We got one of the first entertainment, like video game entertainment, entertainment systems. Yeah. I believe it was 4-bit graphics. Uh-huh. Um, and it was called the Odyssey. Whoa. Yeah. This okay. is pre-NES. So the, yeah, G, double jinx. You owe me a fresh pop. Um, <laughs> good, that's good. Um, so there was there was the Odyssey, and then probably its its more successful competitor, the Atari. Okay. All right. Oh, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Think that. That's what we were rocking. Okay. We never had an NES. Never got one. No, I don't know what my parents... My parents have always been kind of like... S- 
pridefully anti-cultural. <laughs> so if there's something like popular that everybody's doing, yeah. we didn't do it for some reason. So Atari, <laughs> no way. We're doing yeah. the Odyssey. We're doing the Odyssey. Look up the Odyssey at some point. You're gonna you're gonna be amazed. I by will. That. I will. And then when Nintendo was hitting the scene big time, yeah, we had a Sega Master System. Okay. So that would be the eight bit graphic, not the Genesis. No, this that would be thirty two or sixteen. Sixteen yeah. is is yeah yeah, yeah Genesis. Yeah. So it was the the iteration before the Genesis. Okay. Sega Master System. There were some sweet games on that. Loved like, them. Like, tell me one. Oh, like Outrun, Afterburner, like stuff you would play in the actual arcades. Right. They were just bringing it home. They were bringing it literally home. Yeah. And RBA, RBI Baseball. It was all kinds of fun stuff. Cool. Then there was the Sega Genesis. Right. We had that as well. Okay. Joe Montana Football 94 was I'm, my jam. I don't. He was a chief on the game and he, on the cover. Oh, wow. That's legit. So, you know. You, Didn't Sega Genesis, I think I've played um, NBA Jam on that. That would be Genesis, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There were some codes you could put in and, and play with William Jefferson Clinton. <laughs> Did you know that? No. I'm with not Bill joking. Clinton? There was like Easter eggs. You could put a code in. Yeah. And Bill Clinton and Al Gore could be your team. <laughs> <laughs> he'd come out with a sax and no he had just, like a full like uniform and yeah, stuff, yeah 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 but, but his it, head was bill clinton all right cool isn't that cool that's legit i know uh so that's it i mean i like i like all games yeah for sure that's uh, but i really think back to those old school ones yeah so what about you i probably started out um just a hair younger but i came into like this i came into the 64 you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like i played the nes because <laughs> i was my, in college <laughs> <laughs> i've played the nes i've played the atari I've what about played, super nes did um, you ever play that no i didn't play that one okay i don't think so but when i came into the game we got the 64 and you had like uh mario on it we mario kart Mario Kart, Mario sixty four, and Mario sixty four, and Bond, Golden Eye, yeah, Golden Eye. There it is, yeah. yeah. And um, then after that, we upgraded to the PS one. There's some good games on that too. My favorite game on that was the Star Wars game. It was like Star Wars Episode one. I mean, when it came out with Liam Neeson and um, oh yeah, the British guy. British? Is I try to forget that one. Oh, yeah. oh, you know who was in that? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um but anakin yeah. anakin skywalker that's right and then uh and then i just followed the ps line i think i got one xbox in there and now i'm rocking Good the ps4 for you, dude yeah but yeah i don't have a game system no gave it up man it's cool i grew up that you didn't because you play with <laughs> your um your son i do i play so my son has a switch yeah and we play on that we play a little bit of mario kart there you go of all things, and I still school people. That's what I'm talking about. Hit those ramps and <sighs> get the shortcuts. That was a good fresh pop. Now, Thanks, man. about three-fourths of the people listening to the podcast think we're awesome. And yes. they're like totally jiving with us on yeah, all yeah, those. Yeah, 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 And then the other quarter, maybe more, is like those guys are complete idiots. <laughs> I've lost all disrespect. I disrespect them. I fresh disrespect them. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's get... Let, let me let me say something before we move on. What though. do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? So today in the hustle and bustle of our world, oh, tell me about everything it. is moving so fast, so fast. So not only do people and businesses not say the right thing, but the majority of the time they don't even know what to say. Well, there's a llama, and it's orange, 
and it's one of our sponsors. And it sponsors this show, and that llama knows what to say. Not only does it know what to say for them, it knows what to say for you. If you want a business or a mission or a message to be spoken in a way that communicates and reaches those who you want to reach, you need to start right now at www.orangelama.com. And you won't regret it. Thanks, Orange Llama, for supporting Fresh Respect. Muchos gracias. Hmm. Um, Let's get to this guy. Let's get to this guy. Who's the most awesome Air Force pilot ever. He is. The crazy part about it. Are you just going to tell me his name? Well, yeah, I am. Cool. I'll tell you his name. The crazy part about it was before he was 30, he was famous. Prior to Prior World to War II? Prior to the whole dang thing. Holy cow. Like, really famous. What? So, 6'4", skinny and famous. James Maitland Stewart was born in 1908. Okay. In Indiana, Pennsylvania. And what was James Maitland Stewart famous for? Well, people called him Jimmy. You Jimmy. ever heard of Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. In fact, his last film ever, this may may trigger something for you, was yeah. actually a children's movie. Okay. And he was just the voice of, of a character. It was American Tale. Yes. He was the voice of the sheriff. Okay. Sheriff something burpy. Burp. Sheriff Burp. Wait, uh, was it the cat? Uh, I don't. I to be honest, I'm not an expert. Okay. In American Tale, <laughs> I remember the song "Somewhere Out There." Yeah. Loving and they're looking at the moon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm not kidding. I watched that as a kid. It was legitimate. Well, so James Stewart. Okay. Had his break in the 1930s in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And before long, he was like the guy. Yeah. He was actually called like the most eligible bachelor in wow. Hollywood. Okay. He was a man of ethics, a man of principle. Yeah. He did some crazy things in in like the 1950s. Like I think it was one of the Alfred Hitchcock films that he was in. Okay, um, I can't remember if it was uh, the Man Who Knew Too Little or something. It knew too much. The Man Who Knew Too Much. He was the highest grossing actor. Oh yeah, in the country. He was like the Rock. He was the guy in the 50s. <laughs> He was The Rock. He was in everything. Except for he was 6'4", which also The Rock is maybe close, but 150 instead of like 350 or something. Yeah. So the dude lit- literally quickly gained fame because he was the exact same person off screen as he was on screen. That'll kill it. So And, the- and Hollywood did not know what to do with this guy. So he, he would, was like this perfect guy on screen that all uh-huh. the ladies were, and he was saving the day. And then he walked off set, and he's saving the day, and all the ladies won him. In fact, so he was known as kind of this socialite, because he and, uh, um, what's his name, Fonda, were like best friends. Oh, uh, fair. Uh, it's not Peter Fonda, it's Peter Fonda's dad or whatever. Anyway, he uh, James Fonda. James Fonda. I think they were best friends, and they were like the socialites, and they had all the girls. And he oh dated, yeah, 
he went on dates and to parties with all these beautiful, elegant Hollywood women. Yes. Like that everyone talked about in magazines and stuff. Yes. And he was asked about these women and what what they were like and stuff. And he said, they all love to dance and they're great dancers and I love to dance. <laughs> Is that not the coolest thing ever? Yeah. And so this guy... Was that an innuendo? No, I don't think so. No. no. I mean, he literally probably danced with them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not saying he was perfect. Sure, sure, sure. In fact, here's the fun story about how he met his wife. Okay. So she was like a former Hollywood model. Yeah, something, yeah. Something, something. In the group. He was inebriated at a party <laughs> in his 40s. So this is now post-war. Post-war. Yeah, post-World War II. He's in his 40s, and he's he embarrasses himself in front of her at this party. Uh-oh. And his friends had like tried to make them meet because they thought they would hit it off. Yeah. And so and it took like it. another month or two, and finally they got them together again, and they started talking, and I think he apologized, and yeah. they hit it off. <laughs> and they stayed married for 40 years. You know, that's a testament to second chances. Yeah. He went on to adopt her two sons that she had from a previous marriage. That's a sweet thing to do. And they had twins. They also had twins? And then they had twins, so four kids. Okay. And here's the crazy thing about him. So a lot of people probably don't know this about Jimmy Stewart. He made sure that none of his lives like intersected. So when he served in the military, mm-hmm. he would not let anyone promote him as a famous person serving in the military. Okay. There was nothing supposed to be talked about him as anyone else. In fact, he was in a World War II documentary. Yeah. And all it said was James Stewart. It was like his voice, and he was talking about a, a battle that happened. But they said nothing more. No, they he, he didn't allow him to. It's like part of his his contract he signed with these studios. Yeah. Was they could not make money off of promoting his wartime. That's heroics. legit. That's legit. In fact, when he was in the and when he was in the Air Force. Yeah. They quickly tried to you know as as they do with most famous people in the Air Force, which I don't think that happens anymore. Mm-hmm. They quickly tried to like move him to special roles where he was selling war bonds or where he was oh, yeah. where he was um, making training videos as Jimmy Stewart, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they wanted to capitalize on his persona and his Sure, fame. sure. He was like, "No." In fact, he was afraid that all of that would keep him from serving his country. Mm. So he went and talked to like his higher ups and finally got someone to agree to send him overseas because they had him like in New Mexico training people. Yeah. Because probably Hollywood was like, don't send him overseas. Yeah. Like they had money invested in this guy too. Right, right, right. He um, took an $11,000 a month pay cut to serve in World War II. That's huge. Back then, that's massive. Massive. He had an agent. <laughs> so I don't know if you know anything about agents. I. I've had agents before, and and uh, they get twenty percent. Yeah. So for for the entirety of his World War II career, yeah, he sent his agent a monthly check of two dollars and seventy cents. <laughs> he sent him twenty percent of yeah. his military paycheck. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's funny. So he kind of kept. He never talked about the war really ever. Right. He kept that separate. Then there was his Hollywood career, and he was a uh, seasoned professional. Mm-hmm. He could step into any role and just kill it. He was a cowboy. He was a detective. 
he was a funny guy. He was a serious guy. Hmm. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is one of his favorite, f- most famous movies, you know, nowadays because everybody watches it at Christmas time. Yeah. And uh, he was an excellent husband and father. That is, ju- I just almost don't believe it. He spent time with his family and his wife and his kids. Yeah. He was a strict father. He was like a disciplinarian. Okay. And he was like, he, he like ruled the house like a, probably like a brigadier general would do. Yeah. Right. You know? And it was not the Hollywood life that we see nowadays where you look at, you know, Brad Pitt with his kids or something. It's sure. Just a sure. Different life. He didn't, it was happening in Hollywood. Don't, don't think I, it wasn't happening. Yeah. Like the crazy parties and the scenes and all that. He was there. As soon as he got married, he was just done with it. <laughs> Checked out. He did the movies. Yeah. He showed up, but he was not a part of the Hollywood scene. Good on him. And he stayed in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> For how long? Till the 60s. Oh, man. Like till he hit 20, 27 years he and retired. he retired. From the Air Force. Yes. So he still had to attend... Air Force things. Trainings, yes, everything. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's not so. And so it's no surprise that when people are asking him, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you serve your country? You don't need to do that. You've got money. You've got anything you want, you know? Right. And he says that quote may sound corny, but what's wrong with serving, fighting for your country? Yeah, okay. I can see some What's wrong with wanting to fight for your country? Yeah. Why are people reluctant to use the word patriotism? Well, yeah. Man, why don't people exist like him anymore? You know what I'm saying? It's not that they don't. I should be fair to maybe the the diamond in the rough out there. But, sure. I mean, we could go way in depth about his story, but one of the quotes that he gave, there's a couple things that have just always really just drawn me close to him as a person. But one of the quotes he gave says a lot about what we've even talked about in the last, last couple episodes. Is mm-hmm. this, this like courage over over being timid or whatever yeah he said this quote fear is an insidious and deadly thing it can warp judgment freeze reflexes breed mistakes and worse it's contagious Mm. i I just don't think he was a guy that was afraid of anything literally not afraid of anything yeah this is this is crazy he had fears he went on to become a commercial pilot what? He bought in in this little company called Southwest No Airlines. And flew commercially? I don't know. That's I what lo- it said, commercial pilot <laughs> at one point. I love, I love Jacks of all trades. I mean, it's like he was like, well, I, have, I, I just finished this movie, and I don't have another movie starting until next year. Yeah. So I should go fly a plane. Yeah. And make money. Sure. Probably less about the money. But yeah, just like serving. I like I like flying planes. I need to be a pilot. I am a pilot. I need to be flying planes commercially. That is wild. Isn't that crazy? Uh, the other one, and uh, because of probably copyright infringement things, mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask you to do this. This is your actual homework assignment. Okay. <laughs> not not just watching any Jimmy Stewart movie and doing bad Jimmy Stewart impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I do a great Jimmy Stewart impersonation. I mean, is it anywhere close to your Jar Jar? It's better. Whoa! Hey. But I can't. But I can't do it because I don't want. To, I want to honor this guy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll ask me to do it a different time, a different okay. episode. Okay, I'll catch you. But 
He was on the Johnny Carson show. Yeah. And he read a poem about his dog. <laughs> so he was also a poet. In his off time. And he wrote these poems that were just amazing. Look up Jimmy Stewart on Johnny Carson reading the poem about his dog. We're going to do it here in just a second. Okay. Um, in fact, we're going to pause the podcast. We're going to watch it. Then we're going <laughs> to wrap up. You guys won't know it happened, but then you're going to be even more ready to hear it and see it. Okay, there so it was. So what did you think? Um, that was touching. Why was it touching? You know, it was captivating. You, he, couldn't, you couldn't stop listening. It's what I call a beam knocker. A beam knocker. A beam knocker. Okay. He gets you thinking it's about one thing. Mm. And then he whacks you in the head and catches <laughs> you off guard and realizes it's about something completely different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant and a brilliant delivery, which I love. You know, I can really respect somebody who goes after a lot of things. I think that that should be a goal of everyone. Um, but not just go after them, but like obtain them. He was a good poet. He was a great poet. And he was a good actor. And he was a good pilot. He was a good dad. He was a good dad. Good husband. Yeah. What a great man. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Props. You know what? That's fresh. <laughs> Y'all best respect. Jimmy. Jimmy.